If you're looking for a used car that won't break the bank, get down to Democrat Used Cars, where we'll do anything to get your vote. Yeah, this 78 Bernie Sanders comes with free health care and free college. Let me tell you what this political movement is about. And our Buick Bidens have more good features than you can count. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. But best of all, every vehicle is certified by Carfax, so you'll know exactly what you're buying. This Elizabeth Warren red Jeep Cherokee is actually a white Suburban. Democrat used cars, where the deals will always surprise you. Dang it, who let Beto drive? I believe that together we can make America great again. It's not just a podcast today, it's a funeral for that bit. Because Beto is no longer driving. He's out. He is uh, out of the race. We'll get into it shortly. Uh, Good morning. Greetings, people of Podcastville. Jimmy Fallon in the house hosting another fine episode of Everybody Calm Down. It is a political self-help podcast for all intents and purposes. Myself and producer Sean Barry are trying to opiate the masses with a little bit of an audio safe space. Where you can come and, and just come as you are, I believe, is the term. It's, it's a phrase I've coined. It's an original phrase. Yeah. never been said before. Nope. Come as you are, as you were, as you want me to be. I mean, these are <laughs> my original words. Uh, but no, it's a political safe space where we don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Just don't be an asshole. So good to curse again. I was on the radio all week last week. Right. You can't curse on the radio, no. which uh, I found out the hard way. I had a meeting with HR on Friday. I kid. I, I threw a perfect game. Uh, hitting the dump button on you? Yeah, a lot of dump buttons. But uh, it's a big day on the show. Comedian Charles McBee stops by. Why? Because I wanted a member of the black community um, to weigh in on these Sunday services Kanye West has been throwing. 6,000 people showed up yesterday. Mm. He's going for it. And he's a little bit religious. He's a little bit political. But I want Chuck's take on whether or not this is going to resonate with black voters when it comes time to pull the voting lever in 2020. So Charles McBee will weigh in on that. Is Kanye like an ordained minister or something? Or is just uh, pulling a Kanye here? He's black Jesus. Sean, he doesn't have to get ordained. He doesn't have to go through any of that. He's the actual guy. Jesus didn't have a degree in religion. He was Jesus. Now we have black Jesus. It's like a reboot, you know? Now we're going to have the Hollywood's all-female cast. We're like the, we're gonna watch the Last Supper. It's all female. It's fine. That's fine. It's 2019. It's just the whole world is a choose your own adventure now. There's just so much content available to you. Uh, but as we begin the show today, Sean Barry, um, we are saying goodbye to Robert Francis Beto O'Rourke, who uh, quit the race on Friday. A lot of people made a big deal about that. I can't believe Beto's leaving the race. Personally, I don't see it. It's not the first time he's fled the scene. Oh, Beto, was that too soon? I hated Beto O'Rourke. I hate anybody. And again, I want to be very clear. As we say all the time, we don't care about Republican or Democrat. It's really not a partisan show. Someone wrote a great review about us and said, like, you get the feeling we lean to the right. I guess that's fair. I do. I mean, you certainly don't. You hate the president. I do. I'm like 51% Republican, but I could be 82% Democrat if someone wants to slide a check under the door. I don't care. Let's be very clear. But I was bothered by Beto. I don't like anybody who gets out there and just yells that America's racist and that we're a racist country and that we are founded on slavery and that makes us all horrible because I feel like it overlooks 
all the ra- all the progress we've made on race, all the sacrifice, all the suffering that people who fought for civil rights went through to get us to this tolerant place we're in now, where no matter what anybody wants to say, we've never lived in a more tolerant time than we do right now. It's never been more accepting. There's never been a more ap- opportunity for members of the minority community financially. Uh, unemployment numbers came out Friday. We're now looking at the best, the best, Sean Barry, let's be very clear, the best employment numbers, the lowest unemployment rate for the black community ever. So think about that. Think about that. Never been better. Never been better. If you're a black person out there trying to get a job today, you've never had more opportunity available to you. So when there are guys out there on the campaign trail telling you we're still living in the Jim Crow South, not only are they blatantly lying, but they're doing so with no regard for the toxic effect it has on society. There's a lot of people who aren't interested in doing uh, the reading or basing any of their discourse in, rea- in reality. We live in an age, more, more now than ever, where people's emotions are their facts. So if you make people emotional and tell them, yeah, the whole country's racist, they're willing to overlook the facts, which don't support this. So I was so happy to see Beto run out of town, if only because as a guy who likes to eat at counters, they're a lot cleaner now that he's not standing on counters giving speeches when he was doing all of that. And the reason I hated it so much, Sean, is because he was like the Mumford and Sons of candidates and that everybody told us they were cool, so people bought in, Mm -hmm. and then they listened, and by, like, song number five, they're like, yeah, this this sucks. How much ukulele am I going to have to sit through? So every song sounds exactly the same. Yeah, it all starts off with just the one ukulele. Yeah, the kick drum comes in. Yeah, then the kick drum and the whole band jumps in, and they're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Beto was the Mumford and Sons of candidates in that they sold us on how awesome he was, but the longer it went on, the more unsustainable it became. And then ultimately, the media ghosted him because Mayor Pete Buttigieg came along, who was a substantive version of Beto, and also had more oppression points because he's gay. So he was, for all intents and purposes, Gato. He was Beto, but he was gay and substantive. He's a veteran. He's run South Bend, Indiana. Some would say into the ground, but he's run it. You know, and uh, he's a guy rising in the polls right now, although he has zero support with black voters Mm -hmm. because he's gay. And this is something Charles McBee and I talked about on Fox Across America last week. Um, How how do you win a Democratic nomination if there are more black people at a Jimmy Buffett rally than there are at a concert than there are at your rally? Going to be a treacherous climb for Mayor Pete. But the point is, today is not about Mayor Pete. It is about Robert Francis O'Rourke, who, who bids us adieu. And he won't get any coverage this morning because we live in this age now where, uh, you know, there is no attention span. It's a next best, it's a, you know, next best thing world that we live in, Sean Barry. So we're all just going to forget this ever happened. But right. the reality is we should not forget this ever happened because the media, the media should be held accountable for what, for, for what went on with this flame out. Let's not forget, this is a guy, the media told us, was a Kennedy. This guy's like a second coming of the Kennedys. And yeah, maybe Ted Kennedy with his driving, but the media told us he was a Kennedy. He ran for Senate against Ted Cruz, spent $100 million. He spent as much money running for Senate as President Trump did and lost. And he had the Beyonce endorsement, famously the night of. He had every celebrity endorsement known to man and lost to Ted Cruz in Texas. But rather than laughing like laughing at the guy like, oh, my God, I guess I spent one hundred million dollars and lost. Are you kidding me? The media put him on the cover of Vanity Fair with his famous quote. I was born to do this hmm. and trotted him back out. there, like, oh, no, you guys don't understand. Beto, this guy's this guy's a real deal. He's driving around in a pickup truck, completely disregarding the fact that he had married into an actual 
$2 billion fortune, a son of spectacular prosperity. Mm. Uh, there was no regard for any of that. And the media dumped it on us like, yeah, this is amazing. But when it didn't take and we got tired of listening to Mumford and Sons, the media moved on as if they never did it. Right. But I want them held accountable. I want their nose stuck in it a little bit because shame on them. You know, and it's something you should all keep in mind as this election season continues to evolve. We're less than a year now from Election Day. Thank God. Let's just get it over with already. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to be told time and time again that these cool people everybody loves. You got to do this. There's more coercion in our media now than there's ever been. And personally, for a guy like me who sees through it, it's hard to be around because I can't imagine how frustrated it is to actual intelligent people. You know, I'm not an intelligent person. I'm, I went to, you know, community college. My big contribution to society, Sean Barry, is that I'm a Michter's guy. Oh, yeah. I just treat people good. Mm -hmm. I'm not a pain in the ass. Uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, people consider me very easy to deal with. And, and I'm, I'm punctual and punctual anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm punctual. And, and you're also punctual. And I'm also punctual. <laughs> I've said that <laughs> That's about That's a you. word. Yeah. And uh, the point is, uh, we need more people like me and less manufactured awesomeness from the people like Beto, I think is what I'm trying to say. I think he'll be back in like 2028 somehow. Oh, good he'll God. Don't you do this to me. I don't know. I'm calling it now. <sighs> well, I know President Obama sent him a message. There are white folks and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. Which I thought was harsh. <laughs> I thought it was harsh. I thought it was harsh. I thought President Trump's message was a little bit more subdued. Mm. Oh, and uh, anyway. <laughs> so he's good at that violin. Yeah, he's, uh, he was playing the violin. No, oh, no, this is the message. Go home to mommy. There it is. There Go it home. is. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. That's what he said. He said, Go home to mommy. And uh, we're not going home to mommy. We're going to the Mictor's voice line where Charles McBee is waiting for us. Oh, yeah. Fantastic comic. You've seen him on Punchlines on Fox. Access TV's Gotham Comedy Live. He's always writing for something at MTV, which is amazing. They need to use more of his writing, punch up some of those shows. He's just a good guy all around. Who, McBee? Yeah. McBee is a Michter's guy. Absolutely. He is an absolutely a Michter's guy. Mm -hmm. Even if he comes off like a Hennessy guy, he is a Michter's <laughs> guy. <laughs> ah, McBee. Harry, that's it. We're suing. What? We're going to sue. Charles McBee joins us on the Michter's Voice Line when we come back on Everybody Calm Down. day and night I wanna fight I make fun of the things you love it's just for spite so angry on Twitter it's such a power trip to shame and slime and treat a stupid silly joke like it's a crime imagine that society waste half their time so angry on Twitter Some 
and they are angry on Twitter this morning, Tweeting. as opposed to yesterday or the day before, where they were just, you know, sunshine and lollipops. Joining us now on the Google Voice line, and, and there's a very specific reason we have him on the phone today, not just because our other four options canceled. Um, no, he's great every time. He was on Fox News Across America with me last week, and he's a regular on this program. Charles McBee returns to everybody calm down. Good morning, Charles McBee. I made you sign a contract that would say you would never admit that I was on Fox News America. I can't go back to <laughs> Got to delete this. I could, oh, well, I you made well, you made it a memorable one because what happened was <laughs> I'm guest I'm guest hosting last week, and I told the producers, you know, I want to you know book a lot of my comedian friends just to lighten the mood. Mm -hmm. Charles comes on, he talks for real for an hour, homophobia, reparations, and religious discrimination for an hour. <laughs> you could actually you could barely hear my voice over all the gunshots in the control room. <laughs> Yo, I had to keep it real. Yo, we I did had it to keep it real. No. Not only did we did it, but we did it safely. Like when it was over, everybody was like, I don't know how the hell you guys got out of that one alive. And I was I had to explain to them that we're so comfortable. It's almost unfair to other people because we're so comfortable talking about race that in 2019, it's not a common thing. And I think a lot of people were like objectly terrified every time we brought up a new subject. But we skated right through. I mean, for all intents and purposes, we did a Kanye West Sunday Sunday service and people were just throwing their hands up. You know, praise the Lord, wouldn't you say? It was great. Uh, we were mosh pitting to Jesus. It was awesome. So great, in fact, that I'm not on this week. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 Woo! I'll be back on. I'll be back on in two weeks. We've got a lot of, you know, administrative things that need to be handled. Um, yeah. But, but I will really, be on. Like, like never bring Charles back. Yeah, like that. <laughs> they, they need to hang your picture up at security first. And then hey, we're gonna hey, get hey, there. hey. Careful with that word. We don't want you to get canceled. Oh, 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 hang a picture up? You can't say hang, hang. a picture up? You can't say hang when you're talking to a black guy. Harry, <laughs> that's it. We're suing. I had no idea, man. Come on, McBee. It's nice to hear from you. That's very funny. Um, I'll tell you who is not hanging around anymore is Beto O'Rourke, Charles McBee. He drops out of the race on Friday. And you know how we kind of move on when, like, Beto's done on Friday, so no one's talking about him today? Right. But I want him discussed today. I was telling Sean this at the top of the show. Because I want the media held accountable for what went on here. This this is a guy, his, his candidacy was the problem with everything that's wrong with the everybody gets a trophy world that we live in. He ran for Senate, spent more money running for Senate than Trump did running for the presidency. He lost. But the media propped him up like this was the next greatest thing that was ever going to happen to America. And he ran for president with the tragic overconfidence of the ugly person who thinks they're good looking. So he ran into the world thinking he could do much better than he could and got beaten back down. I mean, he left, you know, polling at like almost 1% in the polls. And the media's moved on as if they had nothing to do with this. But this was his candidacy was all the media. You agree? I, I, I do agree. He was the next JFK. He was. He, he was JFK Jr. Jr. <laughs> he was. He, yeah. he rolled in on a skateboard, uh -huh. uh, you know, and he was the new hip star. But. Well, the thing is, the thing they didn't anticipate was that it was going to take a little bit more than a hot young stud mm -hmm. to to beat what Trump still had left in the chamber. Yeah. And also, he didn't anticipate by the time, correct me if I'm wrong, but when he got in, was he one of the last people to get in or one of the first people now, to get in? Now, he got it in March, so he was at the beginning of the fray. But so he didn't anticipate several hundred other <laughs> people, people jumping in, jumping into the race. Yeah. He thought he had, he thought it was a shoe in. Yeah, he was what, like the prettiest 
you know, girl at the prom until prettier girls came. Yeah, what happened once they released that group on to run for president, it kind of caught up to him a little bit. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like when you're the hottest girl in your small town. Mm hmm. And then you move to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so funny. Beto is a California six, you yeah. know. Yeah. He's a nine in, uh, you know, some small suburb outside of Pittsburgh. I'm not going to name yeah. a town because I don't want any of those women to get upset with me. Because to be honest with you, those are the women I love. You know, I love a, <laughs> I love a good Charlie Brown Christmas tree more than anybody. <laughs> but, uh, but you're right. But it was like the media, it infuriated me because the media built him up as like, oh, he skateboards into his rallies. I was like, yeah, he has to. He has to. He doesn't have a license. Of course he skateboards <laughs> into his rallies. It was either that or take a lift, and they can't really drop you off on the stage. So, the, And then he started to live stream the dental visits, which was infuriating to me because they're turning the presidency into, uh, you know, a lot of people are running for class president, you know? Yes. Um. Trump is kind of running for like class president on a Sunday, like school on a Sunday, no class president, maybe. I mean, he's playing prison rules. But the yeah. Beto thing disgusted me. And to what I said to Sean earlier, it was like Mumford and Sons, where the media told us this band was awesome and everybody liked them. And then we started listening to them and then we were like, yeah, this is shit. Why is anybody doing this? So maybe yeah. I'm glad and I needed to take time today on this show to acknowledge the fact that they tried this on us because they've done it before. And they'll do it again now that he's gone. Whoever they decide they're going to get behind could be Elizabeth Warren. Might not be. You know, like as of last week, she was getting all the favorable press. No one was giving her a hard time. But there's a Harvard-Harris poll out today that shows Hillary Clinton is tied with Joe Biden. And you know Hillary Clinton ain't looking at that poll and and just putting her feet up. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. You read that wrong. It's it's Hillary Clinton has Joe Biden tied to a pole. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, these latest numbers have him feeling <laughs> suicidal for some reason. <laughs> she's, she's got him locked in a closet, and so she's going to come back and take over. Oh, that's where that man, is. if I'm Joe Biden, and this poll comes out at the same time that Ronan Farrow just said that the rape allegations made against Bill Clinton by Juanita Roderick are better than credible. So if anybody's looking for a job as a food taster, I know Ronan Farrow and Joe Biden are both hiring right now because those are two. That's a confluence of events that'll get the Clinton war drums beaten, man. It is a wild time to be alive, McBee. Do you think she's it's coming crazy. back? Is she coming back now that you see that poll? Uh, you know what? Any uh, anything goes. I, honestly, you know what? You want to know my gut feeling? Mm -hmm. I'm going to say yes. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's because I actually think she will or it's because I just really want her to just to make this thing more interesting. I know. Just because it's a it's a shit show. It is. And people are already bored. That's the problem. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Have. I'm bored. So, like, come on, throw something in there. Make me make me want to watch this some more. <laughs> in 2019, you know how you can just binge anything you want on demand? We can yeah. probably just demand Hillary. And she yeah. wants us to. And yeah. she wants us to jump in. Um, one of the problems she's going to have. And this happened on Jesse Waters' show the other night, and it was hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, I saw. Okay. There's a trending meme on online that's been going on for a few weeks now where people will post, like, recipes. It'll be like, if you want to make chocolate chip cookies, it's brown sugar, it's, you know, two eggs, it's, you know, this much flour, and Epstein didn't kill himself. Right. And everyone's been doing that all over the internet. Well, the other night on uh, Jesse Waters' show, a show I've been on frequently, um, they were uh, interviewing a dog handler. 
who was, you know, famously training the type of dog that got uh, Al-Bakar Baghdadi. I know exactly uh-huh. what you're talking about. Yeah. Abu Bakar Al-Baghdadi. And uh, he uh, was, yeah, he issued a commentary at the end where he said, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, these are great dogs, but you can't just get one. You have to get a clean, you know, a trained one. And Epstein did kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, have, I can't wait to see Jesse in the building today. I have no idea how he held that together because yeah. that is so funny. And as a journalist, you're in a bad spot, so to speak because it's like you can't really uh, agree with the guy, you know. You can't really condone it, but you, you don't want to get rid of the comment either because it's just funny, you know. But yeah. B, 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 the idea that this is a viral thing amongst uh, America, and it's bipartisan funny, everyone's laughing at this, mm-hmm. is a liability for them if, they, if she comes back and runs for president and half the country's accusing her of murdering Jeffrey Epstein. How does she get around that, McBee? Well, she, uh, she just uh, she just murders anyone who questions her. No, the same way she's gotten this part. The poor dog handler. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you won't see that dog handler ever again. Oh, no. Or the dog. Oh no. Hillary Clinton and I. That's how that works. Yeah, oh, she has no. her ways. I mean, crazy. It is crazy that that's a I thing. Mean, and and actually, like, uh, I think that would just. Pr- in this climate that we're in, that will only make her legend that much more <laughs> greater. She'd be the Joker. People, she could actually get if she if she actually owned it, not owned it like admitted to guilt, but just kind of like winked yeah. at the camera, like maybe I did. You know, she could. They would rally behind her. Like this, this we live in a sick, sick world. <laughs> she could actually make that into like her fan base. There, like and there, we would, yeah. Yeah, we would love it. And there is a reason. We love a bad guy. We do. There's a reason the Joker's doing as well as it is at the box office. I took uh, Lincoln to see it on Saturday. And uh, I, I promised Dean Imperial, who's tomorrow's show, who's a you know member of the Screen Actors Guild and WGA and all that stuff, that we would discuss it on the air because mm-hmm. he wants an in-depth, because he's intimately familiar with the film. But all I will say, McBee, is you are right about the fact that we're embracing depravity on a level that we haven't before. And you know how I always praised Trump for not pretending to be a decent person? Like, I liked the fact that he was an anti-Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney tried to pretend he was one of us. Right. When, when the reality is he's, you know, he's so rich, he's using people as furniture. He's got that kind of money. But he tried to posit himself as like a working class blue collar guy. Trump recognized the limitations of that and ran on wealth porn where he just parked his jet and his supermodel right next to the podium and started giving speeches. And I think that kind of opened up the door to candidates running flaw first, where like Joe Biden shouldn't have said, hey, I'm really not a touchy feely guy. He should have just grabbed everything in sight. I think somebody could get behind that because it's kind of harmless, you know, in that, you know, I'm not telling women we want to violate your personal space. um, But I am telling you that at the end of the day, the creepy grandpa who holds on a little too long. Yeah, Jenny has a few of those in her family extended family that she's mentioned to me but it's something a lot of dirt bags would would quietly get behind you know there's a lot of there's a lot of dirt bags out there and if hillary came out and was like yeah yeah we we handled a few people not that you can prove it i'm voting for her i might vote for that i might vote for that if i told you if she did like a john like a john Gotti, like a teflon hill where she got out there she's like yeah people have disappeared sure they have but, where, you know, you tell me where they are. Uh, you don't know. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Right. We're getting very close. Yeah. Charles McPhee is right. We're getting very close to like a banana republic now. 
And then she just uh, she just starts dancing on some steps in the Bronx. How gangster would that be? <laughs> Yo, that scene in the movie, by the way, Lincoln loved it so much. He was clapping at the end of the movie. Whenever when the Joker is over and everybody in the movie is just like questioning themselves and their own personal flaws, <laughs> Lincoln Lincoln stood and cheered. <laughs> I was like, and uh, that's why I'm going to lose a custody battle someday. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not good. Uh, I will tell you who else is greatly influencing presidential politics, Charles McBee, on a level you still don't want to come around and give him his due on but mm. jesus black jesus kanye west draws six thousand people in louisiana yesterday a thousand of which give their lives to god and convert to his religion the man is racking up numbers mcbee these people are paying to get in and they're devoted to him and he is actively questioning liberal orthodoxy at his ser- during his sermons do you are you starting to come to jesus if you will <laughs> Am I having my come to Jesus moment? Yeah. So you're starting to recognize that he's going to play a role in 2020. You know what? It's possible. It's possible. Thank you. I'm just, I look in the circles that I'm in. And I, I will admit I could just be in a black bubble because mm-hmm. in the circles that I'm in, he plays no role mm-hmm. in how, in what we think of when it comes to, you know, politics and policy. He's the kooky cousin who's, who's also talented and makes good music. And we, we forgive him because he's talented. We forgive everybody because they're talented. It's the same reason we're 20 years in just now going, okay, we can cancel our Kelly, I guess. <laughs> but if I believe I can fly comes on, I don't know. Maybe I'll turn, I'll turn it down a little. We, we had a, we had a funny moment the other day on, on Fox because they were talking about our Kelly's trial and how he, uh, you know, is arguing for bail, and the prosecutor's like, "Your Honor, he's a flight risk. The man believes he can fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there in front of you." <laughs> but no, I agree that you guys overlook a lot, and 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 if they're talented and they're on your side, which is why Michael hasn't been completely oh, canceled. Come on, of course not, and he won't be. No, nope. that, that Billy Jean beat starts. Forget it. <laughs> You yeah. can't do anything. Let's Michael Jackson, it. for all intents and purposes, is a snake charmer to the rest of society because there's not a single ethnicity, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, that is immune to that beat. Sean yeah. is right. That's right. Your Billy Jean comes on. I put my hands in my pockets. We're willing to overlook a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like a, I don't right. want to come out of this jar, man, but I have to. <laughs> and uh, no, he does. He's incredibly, so incredibly talented. So are you saying that the black community could forgive Yeezy um, and, and he moves the needle. Oh, he's definitely, well, uh, so it's not about, so forgiving Yeezy, we've kind of already forgiven him mm-hmm. uh, just because that's just, unfortunately, that's just the way we are. We're very forgiving people mm-hmm. uh, to our own peril, I, I think. But um, but as far as him moving the needle, look, uh, maybe, I guess, there's been crazier things that have happened in this last uh four years so if he convinces you know black people to kind of put on a red hat i i haven't seen it Mm -hmm. i put it this way i haven't seen and 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 between him and candace owens i haven't seen anyone put on a red hat any black person put on a red hat that didn't already have a red hat in the closet okay maybe maybe they just are more comfortable wearing the red hat Mm -hmm. but i haven't seen anyone make the switch i've never been at a at a party or at a dinner or out 
anywhere with my friends and heard someone go, you know, he's been making some good points. <laughs> now, let me jump in on you. <laughs> it's easy. Now, let me jump in on you. You, my friend, are in New York, which is. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and, That's uh, true. And who the hell knows what's going on in the middle of the country? All I know is You're right. the man is getting numbers. And, uh, he, but it's also celebrity. You have to admit, though. Okay, so let's say middle of the country, right? Where was this? Where was this? Louisiana, hell? Louisiana, Louisiana. The dirty South, Louisiana. You tell me, Kanye West is coming to Louisiana. Everyone's showing. Of course, six thousand people came. It's Kanye West. Any celebrity comes. If Pee Wee Herman came to Louisiana, six thousand people would show up, I don't and they'd know. be doing. They'd be ecstatic. These are black people. These are black people. It doesn't matter. It's a celebrity, and if, yeah, even more so. It's a black. If you're in Louisiana, look, I'm grew up in Toledo, Ohio. He doesn't right? accept it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Toledo, Ohio. Mm. I don't care what your religious belief is or what your political affiliation is. When a celebrity comes to town, you're excited that a celebrity came to town. It's ticket. just the way it is. You're I, buying a ticket. It's Kanye West. I just want to make sure that everyone listening knows you're black. Because they're going to say, Jimmy Fallon's podcast says black people are shallow. And they just show up for any celebrity. I say no. I say no. no. I say people are shallow. I'm not talking. Well, this specific conversation has to do with black people showing up. Sure. But I think <laughs> in general, you go to the Midwest. You go to the South, You go where, anywhere in America that's not L.A., California. I mean, L.A., New York, or maybe Miami. Mm -hmm. And a celebrity comes to town. You're showing up. People are showing up. Okay. It's just people are showing up. It's Kanye West. He's one of the biggest stars in the world. He comes. To, he goes to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Everyone, all well, twelve people in, that yeah. live in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, yeah. are showing up. Well, and, and to be fair, I mean, he doesn't even have to be a celebrity. They just want to meet a black person at that point. Bethlehem, <laughs> 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 Pennsylvania. They're like, who do what now? I've been to Bethlehem, uh, Pennsylvania. But, yeah, man, you get hypnotized by celebrity. Yeah. I say, you know, I don't know that they're going home and then voting for Trump afterwards. But whatever, man. Whatever, what, man. What he's, he's asking a lot of tough questions of your party, and I've noticed a media effort. My party. Hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> I you slipped that in there. You know better. You knucklehead. Well, I got to tell you, party. man. I, I know. Well, you're smart. Like my friend Antoine Seawright, you don't endorse anything if there's not a check involved. So they very well <laughs> are your party once the check clears. It just right. hasn't cleared yet. So they're not your party. Hey, man, I say it all the time. I could go either way. I don't really care one way or the other um, because I don't think my voice should hold sway in our democracy. And the idea that it could is horrifying to me, and it should be horrifying to anyone else who's listening. Uh, but McBee, uh, in closing this would be the last thing i th i throw at you um because you know we got a lot to do got a lot you know got lives to lead and, and worlds to conquer and stuff like that uh i'm back on fox across america in two weeks will you come back on the show if i can get you through security that's all i need to know oh, <laughs> oh absolutely are you kidding i have way more black conspiracy theories to unload on white america yo he came in <laughs> straight up i was like so what's the issue in the black community that we're not talking about as much on the campaign trail that we should and he's like reparations I'm like, what, the, what are you doing <laughs> we just we did like 20 minutes on reparation if you want to hear it go to podcast fox across america it was october 29th if they haven't edited it out you can hear the whole hour <laughs> oh, that thing will never see the light of day it was really fantastic but yeah i don't know that it's there anymore but you can check it out uh mcbee we'll talk during the week thanks for this you were great all right buddy there all he right, goes charles. everybody charles mcbee take care buddy there he goes charles mcbee the legend 
as much fun as you're going to have on a podcast, as honest of a conversation as you're going to have. See how he batted down that party affiliation? Mm -hmm. The guy's never voted Republican in his life, ever. Never (laughs) would. His parents would disown him. But until that check clears, they are not his party. You know, it's like the Democrats and the people who work for the Democrats, they really know how to get that money. And I give them credit. I mean, so do the Republicans. Corey Kahaney has a great joke about politics, which I think is the most apropos thing I've ever heard. Go on. And I want to offer attribution a second time. This is Corey Kahaney's joke. Okay. Um, she says, people always ask me what the difference between a Democrat and a Republican is. And she goes, uh, you know, a Democrat is like that really cool aunt that promises she's going to take you to Disney World. But then something always comes up. You never wind up going. You know, it's like Republicans are like that stern uncle who says we don't have enough money to go to Disney World. And then you find out he went without you. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty funny. I think it's funny. Uh, Sean Barry and myself going to rip through some headlines when we come back to close the show in style. Nice. On Everybody Calm Down. Prom season is here, and now you can get help landing a date from the prom master himself, R. Kelly. Because my heart is so big. R. Kelly goes to more proms a year than anyone. Four, five, six, fifty, you said. So trusting someone else with a promposal would be a huge mistake. That's stupid. Use your common sense. R. Kelly can teach you how to prompose in person or on social media. Is this camera on me? And he does not mess around when it comes to getting a yes. Y'all quit playing. Quit playing. R. Kelly's Promposals, the service that won't take no for an answer. I don't need to. Why would I? tell you the music beds on this show make us sound far more credible than we are <laughs> that is sean barry yeah, our yeah. producer in the studio jamming is that paul grassini playing lead guitar there absolutely right paul grassini who is a supervising producer on the howard stern show that's right giving them a nice ratings bump right now <laughs> getting to mention on everybody calm down or raise howard's profile a little bit you could use the help can know? i say this about howard i want to say this we never talk about him on the show when okay. i did america's got talent and it was quite scandalous mm. but he was co- cool as a cucumber really cool guy i later got to do his wrap-up show because i uh wrote a joke monologue for gary when he hosted gotham comedy live mm-hmm. and back when i was on Amer- uh, america's got talent and it was a wild race war with mel b uh, they spent like an hour discussing me on his show because Lisa Lampanelli went on and called Mel B a cunt. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that is her style. So. Do you not know this story? Because I can tell it fast. By all means. In, uh, I guess, 2013, 14 or something like that, mm-hmm. I was on America's Got Talent. And uh, the way it works is I'm an ex-cab driver in New York City. Um, so they're positing me as a cab driver trying to make it in comedy. Now, at the time, I already had a book deal and was doing okay for myself, but that's not how things work in America's Got Talent. It's mm-hmm. got to be like a hard scrabble. Right. You know, here he is, 
you know, living in his cab with his family. You know, things yeah. aren't, which we were close to that. Yeah. I mean, we weren't really raking in the dough. Destitute. But uh, the way America's Got Talent works is the first round auditions are at the Hammerstein Ballroom in front of Howard, Howie, Melby, and Heidi. These are the judges. Mm -hmm. But by the time you get in front of them, you've already auditioned three other times. Right. <laughs> you audition in a one-on-one -on -one room for a producer. If she likes you, she sends you down to like three remote judges. If they like you, they record the performance, send it to the big judges. And if the big judges like it, you get to audition. Right. <laughs> so it was my basically, essentially, my fourth audition is at the Hammerstein Ballroom. It's 5,000 people in the crowd. And uh, the way it starts is you walk on stage and they have a back and forth with you. So the crowd gets to know you. Um, in this particular instance, Howard leads the questioning. And he's, Jimmy, you're a former New York City cab driver. That's great. He asks me about cab driving. He asks me about the kind of jokes I'm going to tell. We have a bunch of laughs. And now understand this. Because I'm a hometown guy who drew a drove a cab and I had a good back and forth with Howard, the room is with me. Mm -hmm. And they're more with me than I probably deserve them to be at this stage of my comedy career. But we're doing a minute and a half of comedy, which is not particularly easy to do, but I'm just doing jokes about driving a cab. Right. I'm only doing four jokes. Three jokes in and the roof is off the place. Like I'm getting more, I, I want to be very upfront about this. I'm getting more laughter than these jokes deserve. They're mm. going great. And they always, these particular jokes have always gone pretty well, but they're well beyond expectations at this point. Going into the fourth joke, which is black people are the best people to pick up in a cab. Mel B pulls one of these. And I don't know why. I just hear this thunderous buzzer and the crowd starts booing. But to the point that it's the Roman Coliseum, there's 5,000 people booing. Right. And I assume it's because I said the words black people are the best people to pick up in a cab. So I finish the joke in a thunderous rain of boos to the point that I'm, my, I'm not shaking from nerves. I'm shaking because everything's shaking. Like the stage is shaking, right. the mic is shaking. Yeah. I'm just curious as to what's going on. Because as a, as a cab driver and a live performer, I'm never flustered because I've been in the moment of so much catastrophe, guns pulled, fights, stabbing, shit like that. So I just want to know what's going on. So in any event, I finished the joke under a cloud of booze, and um, Mel B jumps right in. And uh, starts screaming at me about that's a racist joke. This is a family show. Howard shushes the crowd and tells her she's a disgrace to comedy. She shouldn't be judging. <laughs> Doing stand-up comedy in a minute and a half is the hardest thing to do anywhere in showbiz. This guy's having a great set. Mel, you shouldn't even be up here. And now it's a shouting match between the judges. Wow. I'm just standing on stage. Everyone's screaming at each other. Mel says to me, I don't think... Um, I don't think you need, uh, I don't see why you have to bring race into this. And I said, famously, I think everybody in the room is past race except you. And the crowd goes crazy. Now yes. they're back with it, going nuts, right? And everybody's chanting. And essentially the next round would be Vegas. So everyone in the crowd is just chanting Vegas, 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 meaning improve me to go to Vegas. Right. It became such a catastrophe that I was on stage for 12 minutes. TMZ ran with it immediately. Mm. Perez Hilton ran with it immediately. It was on CBS The Talk the next day, immediately. Um, because it was a story. It was like a race riot at America's Got Talent. Um, ultimately, they had the voting. And Howard, right through, this guy was great. So much, you know, hard to do. Yeah, I don't see how you could buzz him through. I put him through. Mel B was like, fuck no. Howie tried to be funny and gave me this long lecture about how quirky and weird I was. I interrupted him. He's like, hey, 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 I'm trying to compliment you. But it was it was him trying to find jokes that he didn't have on him at the time. And it's not to say he doesn't have jokes. Mm -hmm. This was a particularly incongruent moment for humor. So it came down to Heidi Klum, who said, you know, she thinks I'm a bit of a jerk. 
but she's going to vote me through. Crowd goes crazy. I run off stage to hug Jenny. Unbeknownst to me, there's cameras waiting for me to see me hug my wife. Like, oh, it's so emotional. The homeless cab driver (laughs) is going to Vegas. Everybody's excited. So the next day, Howard's not bringing it up on his show because he probably can't. It's part of his contract. But he happens to have Lisa Lampanelli on, who uh, the opening question to her was about some joke she got in trouble for. Like, people are mad at you for telling a joke the other day. She goes, "Ah, you know, some people don't get jokes. Like that cunt Mel B who hit the buzzer on Jimmy Fallon (laughs) yesterday at the Hammerstein (laughs) Ballroom. And Howard's like, whoa, whoa, I got a contract. I'm not talking about this. And she got right into it. And everybody starts calling me. They're like, oh, my God, they're talking about you on Howard. Well, anyway. When I went to America's Got Talent for the next audition, which is in Vegas, uh, they fly you out there, and uh, uh, (laughs) this is so crazy. They fly us out there, and we're there filming the next round Mm -hmm. while the first round is airing on TV that week. It's like June 24th. The first uh, debut episode of the season is like, it might be season eight, is debuting on a Monday, and they're telling you, tweet all your family, tweet all your friends, tell them to watch the show. It's your big night on the show. Lo and behold, I did all those things. They didn't put me on the show. Oh, really? Because they thought it reflected negatively on Mel B. My producer was like, no, Mel came off so horribly. It's her first time as a judge. Her people fought aggressively to make sure this footage never aired. So we're going to show you somewhere in the credits advancing to the next round. And I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, In any event, in Vegas, they filmed us getting cut before we even performed. (laughs) Or at least some of us did. And I was like, oh, so that's reality TV. So knowing I was getting cut anyway, I wrote an open letter to the producers that the New York Post ran with and published saying that, you know, this whole thing is a fucking sham. I don't want to be on your show anymore. You kind of pimped me out for ratings. Oddly enough, on my old block, I had a neighbor who was dying. This is so sad. Who did die? Uh, who I had told him at the time, like, yeah, I'm going to be on the show Monday night. Check it out. And the next day, his wife's like, yeah, yeah, we never saw you on the show. What happened there? Ken was really disappointed. <laughs> oh, so now I got this guy going into the afterlife who thinks I'm a con man yeah. who's lying about being on America's Got Talent. So I'm like pissed and I asked off the show. And that's that's how it went down. And uh, that was America's Got Talent. So I'm mean, not that I've, you know, I've been on Howard's stuff since then. And he was the coolest motherfucker in the world. I give him all the credit in the world. And it's no surprise that Paul Grassini, mm-hmm. who was a supervising producer on his show and made this badass guitar lick, has the level of coolness that he does. Because we always marvel, like, ah, Paul, Paul's a cool guy. Right. You know? And most of the dads around here are dicks. Paul's a cool guy. No, I'm kidding. They're all great. But uh, we yeah. always say that. We're, we always talk about how cool Paul is, and, and, and I'm not surprised, knowing he comes from that environment. Yeah, Paul so, can hang. So shout out to Paul and, and certainly Howard and, and even Mel B at this point, because who cares? I'm a Minkters guy. What, am I going to get mad at a Spice Girl? No. At this point, oh, she's got she's probably got a lot more troubles than you do. Yeah, I don't know. They're the fucking old Spice Girls now. Like, what are they? The Pumpkin Spice Girls? What are they even called at this point? The old Spice Girls is what they are. I don't even know. But we got some headlines, and then we'll get out of here, Sean Barry, because I've got to go write a cable news show. Oh, somehow I think I'm pretty sure I'm still employed after Friday after last week's radio sting. (laughs) Jenny Fallon didn't run it completely into the ground. But are we ready for this? Let's do it. Here we go. Big headlines today, Sean. McDonald's. McDonald's has fired CEO Steve Esterbrook for having a consensual relationship with a female employee. Consensual. But they still don't want, you know, the people in upper management hanging with people in lower management, which I don't know how I feel about that. Because if it is consensual, you know, all relationships are transactional in some capacity. Whether the transaction is you're really attracted to this person and you want the physical currency of being with them. You know, or you want to build a family with them or, or 
you know, what's the difference if someone makes more money than you in another field? Well, I mean, from what I've learned from watching The Office is mm-hmm. that you have to go to HR. Yeah. And you got to be like, yeah, we want to start. Like, we have a, a relationship we'd like to pursue. Oh, and maybe there's and more to this story. And that I, and that hasn't and that wasn't cleared. Maybe. That would make me feel better. Because I don't see how they could just out and out fire the guy. Yeah. I mean, also, if you see CEO of McDonald's, he's probably doing all right. He'll, he'll get another job, right? Yeah, I would I like can't to feel think that he's done, <laughs> he's done okay. And why, also, why is he fishing in the, you know, in the fryer later for, for like, a girlfriend? <laughs> Relax. Come on. Could You're the funny. CEO of McDonald's. At least have the decency to go to Burger King. <laughs> Something. Pick up a side chick, that I thought, guess. That would have been even worse, though, if you think about it. Uh, Dating well, Wendy. Good talk, Sean Barry. Yeah. Talk to this brother, will you? I think he can still be saved. So there you go. But McDonald's guy, you know, you know what the better one is, by the way, of the drops? McDonald's guy, uh, get your shit together. Yeah. You, I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 95-year-old former president, Jimmy Carter, mm-hmm. told a congregation yesterday he is completely at peace and at ease with death. Wow. I know. Somebody else said wow to me yesterday, but I'm like, dude, the guy's been married 40 years. Of course he's at peace with death. <laughs> he's been married 40 years. He's an Atlanta Falcons fan. Yeah. His last words are going to be, what took you so long? <laughs> he's going to be like, got this. Come on, enough already. But uh, he says he's completely at peace with death. I can imagine being 95, being an ex-president, having done all the things on earth that a guy could possibly do. Yeah. And just being out of storylines. You know, yeah. or at least being like not afraid of it anymore. It's it's got to be. You have to accept it at that point. You know, your body's going to give out on you at some some level. Yeah, it, it does not even doesn't require cancer. Like literally, it just breaks down and stops running. John yeah. Laster does a good joke about that. It's oh, like yeah. my uncle died. He was ninety six, and they're like, "What did he die of?" And he's like, "He, he died of ninety six. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his his molecules got old. Right. I don't know. But uh, Jimmy Carter, uh, I don't know. I don't expect him to kick. I hope he doesn't. I right. hope he sticks around. He's a we need a, we need better people like him in our politics. Yeah. But uh, it's just nice to know he's at ease with it. Mm. I guess is yeah. what I would say. The aforementioned Harvard-Harris poll has Hillary Clinton neck and neck with Joe Biden. Yeah, you were saying. I don't know how she stays on the sidelines now because she probably had this poll floated just to give her a lane, which means there's going to be a poll coming out any minute now on her versus Trump, and that'll be her justification to jump in. The only problem she has is most Democrats beat him head-to-head in polls. And always will. This is the thing about Trump. It's like, you know, pornography, the whole $9 trillion industry, but nobody admits to doing it. You know, he's going to be losing head up to everybody in the freaking polls, just like he did last time around, because people don't want to admit they're voting for him because there's so much social pressure. Um, So, yeah, he'll run into the next election with a 31% approval rating and win 48 states. And uh, it won't matter what Hillary does. Because polls kind of don't mean shit because anything can happen leading up to the election. It could swing it. You know, one way or the other. That's certainly one part of it. You know? Yeah, that's one part of it. Uh, The other part of it is, unless he screws up dramatically, if he can just hold the economy together, it's a famous Bill Clinton line, it's the economy's stupid. If the economy's good, the incumbent president usually survives. So, barring something stupid, like he, on the verge of a trade deal, tweets something insulting to Asian people or something and blows it up, Let's. it's not out of the question. I mean, really... A lot of unforced errors. It's probably happening right Trump now. Trump is the Brett Favre of quarterbacks. And what I mean by that is <laughs> yeah. he really is. You know, he likes to throw into triple coverage, loves yeah. to force a ball down the field. Oh, God. He's got a big arm, makes a lot of plays, you know, grabs a lot of headlines. 
been known to send a few late night tweets and texts, if you will. Well, tweets because he doesn't text, which is a genius move for my money. But he has the Brett Favre and that he could turn the ball over inexplicably at any moment. So for his sake, uh, he should hope he holds it together. Uh, this is a week old story that we didn't get to last week, but I had to bring it up because your daughter is such a frozen fan. Oh, right on. <laughs> A Florida man, did you see this story? No. Arrested inside a Target for making love to an Olaf doll oh my God. from Frozen. All the characters. I know. Uh, me and Jenny were talking about this yesterday. I'm like, did police yell, let it go? <laughs> 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 we ran this into the ground. I was talking to Jenny yesterday. We're like, yeah, he's expected to get released in summer. <laughs> All the Frozen. <laughs> summer. <laughs> All the all the frozen hits. I mean, you've got a young daughter, so you know Uh, these, you know, in six different languages. Uh, But he he was apparently made love to multiple stuffed animals. Okay. (laughs) I mean, how does one make love to a stuffed animal? Cut a hole in it, I guess. He Uh, literally went to town. I mean, this guy puts the pound in pound puppy, if you will. Why not just buy it and do it at home? What a fucking weirdo. So y'all need to hide your kids, yeah. hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. Just a freak. Yeah, hide but your Olaf a, doll. Yeah, hide your Olaf doll. <laughs> That's disgusting. We move on. <laughs> Woo, Prince Charles. Spent $130 million. Did you see this? On the fake Picasso and the fake Salvador Dali. <laughs> so he bought a, he spent $130 million on art that turns out to be the masterwork of an American forgery artist. Mm-hmm. Who this guy is so good, he claims all of his stuff is real. But it's like, you know, it's a little shady. He's like, wow, I didn't know there were three Mona Lisas. That's so weird. It's just like the numbers aren't adding up. And apparently Prince Prince Charles had blown $130 million off of them. Brilliant. So wait, does now does Prince Charles buy that directly from this forgery artist? or I think there was a middleman involved okay. who procured the paintings for him. But obviously they forked over the dough. And uh, here we are. Fantastic. Now you got some fake Picassos, which is embarrassing. I'm sure if you're the prince, right? And you blow that kind of money because you're buying these paintings more so for the prestige than anything. Mm. So for him, it's not even about getting the money back. He probably just wanted to keep the story down so they could plausibly pass these off as real, you know? Right. But uh, here we are. A little egg on his face. Good. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Never never buy a Picasso off Craigslist. I guess if, if there's a lesson to be learned here, it's never buy a Picasso off Craigslist. We're paying in cash. We move on. Speaking of art, did you see the female painter in Great Britain who is painting portraits of the queen that are spot on? They look like they were commissioned by Buckingham Palace. Mm. She's painting with her breasts. Oh. She's putting like paint on her nipples mm-hmm. and put China, right? You're like, can you speak slower? Yeah. <laughs> Vincent Van Ho. Yeah. Like, what is her name? I mean, come on, let's run this one into the ground. But she's painting with her breasts and she's making like exact replicas of the queen. And she's, you know, a big hit. Well, yeah. Get the talent. She probably can she sell? She could probably sell the Prince Charles. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, why wouldn't she get in there? You know, but uh, it's become a thing online. And at the expense of us doing 28 tit jokes and embarrassing the Mictors people, yeah. let's just move on. Right. Can we just move on? Right. I know none of us want to, but we have to move on. It's for the good of the show. Did you see the video of Axl Rose falling on stage in Vegas this week? Well, I didn't see it, but I can imagine it right now. Yeah. I, so I didn't know this was a thing, right? They have the band's jamming out. He falls on his face, and he's all over the ma- he's all over the ground. I'm just going to leave this plane underneath us because sure. I like this bed so much. But Slash is playing a, a solo. Axel falls. 
he stays down a while. Like maybe he broke his pelvis. Like, I don't know. Like long enough to be like, oh, is he a all minute. Right? Yes, right. but no one runs out. He eventually gets up, dances his way over to like some type of platform, grabs a uh, like a dish towel, which I guess he was using to wipe off his forehead, mm-hmm. and mops up the floor himself. I'm like, yo, can we get a roadie out here at a Guns N' Roses concert? There's, he's cleaning up whatever the sweat or the spilled drink was on the yeah. floor that made him fall. Well, he probably had a like a reality check when no one came to help I him. I know, but I was just like, is this where we're at for Guns N' Roses in 2019? Well, have you seen Axel lately? Yes. Oh, well, that's, someone said it. Like, is he embarrassed? I'm like, dude, the guy's in dreadlocks and spandex. Yeah. He can't be embarrassed. No, white but leather. I was once, during Fashion Weeks, probably 10 years ago, I was at like the Soho Grand, and they were supposed to be playing a, a special event, and he showed up three and a half hours late. Well, yeah. And I was out front. I wasn't getting in. I was at the party. I wasn't in the room they were going to play in. Mm-hmm. But I remember the bouncer going, yo, you can't do that anymore. He's like, you're not going on. And there was like a whole big screaming match. I was like, oh, my God, Axel Rose is going to get beat up. He didn't. <laughs> I left. I got thrown out of there myself. But it was pretty fascinating to watch. And, yeah. yes, Axel Rose is now at the clean up your own spill phase of his career. In Vegas. No in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, really is demeaning, yeah. by the way. Oh, poor Axel. Get it together. Uh, Terminator. Dark Fate tanked at the box office. I'm not surprised. $29 million on a budget of $185 million. People are tired of old action heroes. Well, I've, I even heard it was a good film. It's just that I, I don't care. Nobody cares about another Terminator movie. I don't need to see Arnold Schwarzenegger doing Terminator again. Yeah. Relax. I don't need to see another Rambo. I know that's coming out, too. Yeah, oh, just, really? Yeah, it's all just I, too I, much. I keep calling it Grandbo. Yeah. That's the, that's <laughs> it's just an angry thing. grandpa. Sylvester Stallone took yeah. the wrong pills. Yeah. <laughs> He's ready to fight. And what are we going to do? We're going to show another robot trying to kill. I, we get it. We, we don't care. We did it already. It's inevitable. <laughs> ah, Didn't ah. we learn this already? The future's inevitable. It's just coming for us. We've gone from like, I'll be back to, I'll be using a heating pad on my back. Yeah. Like, we got a 73 year old Terminator. It's depressing. Yeah. I don't want to see it. Stick to what, doing what you do best, Arnold. The maid. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. <laughs> like, I'll definitely check it out when it comes on HBO. Uh, whatever. Catch it on a re, you know. Who was, even cares? Yeah, even Who even cares? Uh, one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland Browns Safety. The name of this show is called Everybody Calm Down. Yeah. Hey, Jermaine Whitehead. How about you chill the fuck out? He's a Cleveland Browns Safety. They lost yesterday to the Broncos. Okay. <laughs> Some. Some fan on Twitter, he's been suspended from Twitter. He's had his account shut down, Jermaine Whitehead, because a fan questioned his effort tackling. And he called the guy a cracker-ass bitch, we're coming for blood, I'm going to kill you, fuck, like all of that stuff. Gave him the deluxe on Twitter, and now his account's been shut down. That's how it works. Well, that is how it works. But the point is, Jermaine Whitehead, you're an NFL athlete. You know, making seven or eight million dollars a year. Yeah, the Browns suck, but is that really a revelation? That's you guys right. should be used to this by now. And uh, he threatened a fan's life. And again, we know in an age of digital dopamine, uh, death threats don't mean what they used to. Meaning right. they're so easy to make now that it's not as flattering. It doesn't involve as big of a commitment as it used to be. You threatened somebody's life because they inspired you to, mm-hmm. and it was a physical undertaking, and it was almost flattering to get a death threat because you're like, wow, I got a guy to get up, walk to a payphone, mm-hmm. glue a magazine together, whatever the f- he did. Jermaine Whitehead just popped straight off on Twitter in the heat of the moment, and now he's been suspended from Twitter. The truth is, it's the best thing's ever happened to him. I mean, nowhere in the world is there a guy who'd be better off if only he spent a little more time on Twitter. Right. There's nobody. There's no There's no guy out there. Three million people have lost a job. 
because of Twitter, one guy has gotten the job. And granted, it was president. It's quite a job. But you have a one in three million chance of getting a job. Now go work on your tackling technique. Yeah, really, though. (laughs) I know. That's really funny because the NFL statement was like, we're going to tackle Twitter violence head on. The Browns are like, what's tackling? You know, like, yeah, we have no idea. They're terrible. We know Whitehead won't be tackling anybody. Oh, man. And it's so funny because, you know, the Browns were supposed to be the team this year. They were gonna. They're gonna go the loudest five and eleven you've ever seen in NFL history. They got Baker Mayfield's a jackass, Odell Beckham, the Giants who keeps wearing the fancy watches because he thinks he's like trolling oh, people on the field. Yeah. yeah, like how about you just catch the ball? Ugh. Like you suck, Odell Beckham. I'm so glad the Giants traded him. Not that we're any better off for it because we're terrible, and I'm not supposed to say we. You know, I get yelled at on the Blue Rush podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like, you say we too much, like we're on the same team. I'm like, I don't think anybody listening yeah. is disillusioned into thinking the New York Giants have formally hired somebody with this MOOC act. I yeah. mean, they have. But the point is, I don't think they think I'm like part of the team. But anyway, that's a common criticism, which I try to do better on. Uh, Blue Rush uh, will be live tomorrow because tonight is Monday Night Football. The Giants are playing the Cowboys, nice. getting six and a half at home. If you want betting advice, Sean Barry, mm-hmm. which we don't do enough of on this show, I would I would almost bet the Giants at home getting a six and a half tonight. Hope Saquon Barkley can run the shit out of the ball and they can keep it close. Because the Cowboys killed them opening night in Dallas to kick off the season. And most uh, home and homes within the division split. So the Giants have a shot to be in this game tonight. All right. That being said, if you do not hear us on Everybody Calm Down tomorrow, you'll know it's because they didn't cover. <laughs> I'll be hiding out at the Barry house, humping stuffed animals like yeah. that creep from Target. Uh, big fat shout out to Charles McBee. Tune in tomorrow. Dean Imperial, uh, Netflix writer uh, for Imposters. Mm-hmm. Fantastic show. will be joining us to break down the Joker because I took Lincoln Fela on Saturday and Dean has some serious reservations. And he will voice them tomorrow. I love Dean. Yep. Check out Kennedy. Check me out on America's Newsroom tomorrow. I'll be there with Bill Hemmer and Sandra Smith. Until then, the show is over. Get out. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy.